This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins, powered by BetUS. Thanks, as always, to the fine people at the uh, BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book site for over 25 years. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles, as the big voice guy just told you. Before we get into the Chargers, Greg, I know you looked at all the film in that Jets game from last Sunday. Uh, you were not as impressed about the Patriots' performance after watching more of that. Uh, let's start off with Mac Jones. Your your thoughts on Mac? So yeah, I thought Mac was solid in this game. I, I you know I wouldn't put him in the good category. I wouldn't put him in the bad category. I thought that you know look the Kendrick Bourne pass down the left sideline, awesome, great throw, perfect throw, great route by Kendrick. We've seen this two weeks in a row. Um, the Hunter Henry touchdown pass, really nice. You know, great route by Hunter. Uh, but outside of that, it was really hard to really see all that many great plays by Mac Jones or plus plays as I would term them. I had, I had him missing more plays than making plays. And that was backed up sort of looking at advanced analytics. I like to look at next gen stats on NFL.com. People can go home and at home and, and look at this stuff. And I like to look on Sunday nights or sort of after the game to get a gauge. And it's just a blunt tool. Like I like to look at actual air yards, like the amount that the, that the ball was in the air to get completed and, you know, for example, last week against Dallas, uh, Mac Jones was at 8.3. That's among the tops in the league. Uh, it was probably like top, top six or seven. This week it was 4.2. It was among the lowest in the league. And that just tells me that, you know, there wasn't a high degree of difficulty on his passes. And also the other one I really like to look at is expected completion percentage and and actual completion percentage, and they have a differential on that. So, you know, depending on how tight the window is, they'll say, you know, what the expected completion rate of that is. Every single week up until now, Nick, uh, Mac Jones has had a positive expected completion percentage or differential. So that means that he's completing more balls than they actually think that he should. Right. And so that, to me, that's really good. This was the first week that he was below that, that he was a negative, which means that he missed some passes. And so, you know, I thought that Mac was was okay in this game. Um, you know, nothing great, even though he went for 300 yards in his first game. I thought there were a bunch of empty yards in that. In that, You go back, and I did this at BSJ. I went through, you know, the top 10 uh, biggest yardage plays for the Patriots on Sunday, and almost all of them outside the Kendrick Bourne play and the Brian Hoyer play, it's all like, Guys who are wide open and have room to run, like Brandon Bolden and Johnu Smith, and and uh, I think it was Nelson uh, J- Jacoby Myers on an end cut. I mean, even the big third and ten completion that they had to Jacoby Myers that went for about nineteen yards, where he got slammed like a pinball. Uh, that was wide open too. I mean, it wasn't it, it I, I want, good protection. I want to stop you here because I, I know people are listening to this going, "All right, you know, come on now." Um, I got a couple Come on of now about what some of the stuff you said, I'll get to it. So the, the air yards, right? The, the air yards. I understand yeah. that's that. Is that because of Mac or is that because of play design? I want to ask that question first. Well, I think, I think Mac is definitely in love sometimes too much. Sometimes not at all. I mean, when, the, when I don't have a overall, I don't have a problem with his decision-making. He is sometimes a little quick to take the easy money in this offense, 
but I'm not I'm not hugely concerned about that. He usually goes where the coverage dictates. Sometimes he's a little conservative, but right. I wouldn't say it's play calling. I would say it's Mac. I I will say this, Nick, in his benefit, I think that he has been sped up because of the pressure this season. So his internal clock is quicker than it needs to be, and he's going to need to reset that if they continue to get good uh, pass protection. The only thing, I, the other thing I would ask is, you know, the empty yards hitting wide open receivers. My question would be, isn't that what he's supposed to do? Hit the wide open receiver? Yeah, that's fine. I'm not saying it's a negative. I'm just no, saying it's not good. I, I mean, I just, it's not. You don't get bonus points for for you know checking it down to Brandon Bolden, and no one's around him for 25 yards. You don't get extra points for Johnny Smith on a called screen pass, and two Jets are running towards the end zone and not even turned around. You don't, you know, and that play goes for like, you know, 35 yards like that. You don't right. get, that's what I mean. Empty yard. Those are empty yards that you, that you get against a less talented team and a bad team that you probably won't get say this week against the Chargers. Yeah. I only ask those questions because, you know, I, I think, and listen, I'm a fan of analytics as you know, as well, Greg, but I do think, you know, some of the analytics, I, I kind of say to myself, well, is the young man doing what he's supposed to be doing in this offense? That's the biggest question to me. And if that's a yes, then I'm fine with it. Like, he's going to get empty yards because of good play calls, because of defensive mistakes. That happens for every quarterback in every game. Maybe he had a little bit more this past week than he had in prior weeks. But, you know, hitting the wide open guy to me is doing your job. You know, checking down to a guy if you're getting pressure is doing your job. And sometimes analytically, those things won't come through when in the reality of the situation, that's what happened. Um, I, I agree. I agree with that. I do just want to say that um, I think the essential question here and the reason why I looked at this, and again, I just use analytics to sort of, you know, sort of back and see if I'm in the realm, if I'm seeing things right. And, yeah. and trust me, I asked people internally with the Patriots about Mac Jones in this game, and I pretty much got the same answer. You know, wasn't good, wasn't bad. He was fine. You know, it, but the thing is, I think what we're trying to answer, and especially you know, and some of the things we're going to talk about with this matchup and the Patriots in general, where they are, is the I think the essential question is, is Mac Jones a good quarterback in this league? And I think that this game, you would not you, in my opinion, you would not use an example to say Mac Jones is really good. He's going to, he, he can be the difference maker for the Patriots. I just think uh, this is not one of those games to say that about. I'm sure there were, there were other games, Dallas, I thought he played great. The Dolphins, the season opener, I thought he played great. Those are games that I'm more impressed with than, say, this one, even though he went over 300 yards for the first time. That's sort of the point of the discussion. Yeah, stats aren't the end-all, be-all, pretty much. What yeah. would you see defensively, Greg, after watching everything? Um, well, I first of all, number one, clearly number one, Christian Barmore was incredible in this game. I mean, I think I had him for eight or nine impactful plays in this game, much more than I thought on the first viewing. I went back and watched it just to – to make sure on both sides of the ball. Um, Cause sometimes I get a little, just so people know, sometimes I get a little rushed having to do the pod and Felger and Maz on Tuesday. So my film viewing is not as intense as I would like to be. So some weeks I go back and I dive in more, which is what I did yesterday. And I thought Christian Barmore was great. I thought Lawrence guy continues to look more and more like his old self, which is Thank great. God. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Godshall showed a little bit flashes, but he he's been dealing with an injury, so we'll see on him. But I thought, you know, some of it was a little like those those two plays, the third and fourth down, where Lawrence Guy and then Christian Barmore come in and stop the Jets. 
and and I saw Damian Woody uh, broke this down on Twitter, and and he just talked about Greg Van Roten, the the, the Jets right guard, just being just he was god awful. I mean, he it was seriously. James Ference is better than Greg Van Roten right now, I would say. And so, and the center wasn't a whole lot better, so it's a little inflated. I just, um, you know, there were the things that concerned me, Nick, on defense going back and watching, and I'm sure you remember from the game, there were a couple busts in the game. Devin McCourty is yelling at somebody, and you can see this on TV copy as well before they have a little third down, little out right in front of them. He's not supposed to be in coverage there. Somebody busted it. There was another bust, I think, between Matthew Judon and Adrian Phillips where the running back caught the ball and went for about 25 yards with no one around him. There was the Elijah Moore end around where Dietrich Wise and also probably Kyle Van Noy didn't get the edge. So there were a couple concerning busts in that first drive that the Jets had after halftime. You know, they pretty much go right down the field with, you know, like we talked about last week or on Tuesday, Matt White going or Mike White going 10 of 13 for 120 yards. So some disturbing stuff there, but you know, Barmore is a guy that that just continues to get better, and I hope he increases his role this week because I think they're going to need him. Speaking of this week, let's get to the Chargers. They've lost to the Cowboys. They've lost to the Ravens. Uh, they dropped forty-seven in a crazy game against the Browns. Uh, just your thoughts, first of all, Greg, on Justin Herbert and this offense. Well, I mean, I, I love their offense. I mean, I think that um, I think that uh, the center, Corey Lindsley, who used to be in uh, Green Bay, he's outstanding. Slater, the rookie left tackle, is outstanding. The left tackle, uh, Filer, probably because he's playing between those two guys, um, looks really good on film. The right side of the line's pretty weak, so that's where the Patriots are going to probably attack, and that's good for Matthew Judon. Um, we know about their weapons. I have concerns about Last year, when they went to to LA and 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 beat up the Chargers pretty good, Stephon Gilmore basically eliminated Keenan Allen in that game, and there's no more Stephon Gilmore, and plus you have other injuries, so uh, that's a concern. I do think, and I love Justin Herbert. I mean, I do. I was, I thought, I didn't, I knew he was talented coming out of Oregon. I did not think he was going to be anything close to this. I didn't. I'll admit that there are a lot of other analysts like myself that made the the same mistake. We, it turns out that Justin Herbert was limited by the Oregon offense yep. uh, and not himself. Now, that being said, I will say that basically his two worst games as a pro, Baltimore this year, a couple of weeks ago, they, they, uh, before the bye week, they only scored six points. They still made some plays, but, uh, and also the Patriots game as a rookie last year, those are his two worst games. And, Herbert even talked about it after the Ravens game. Wink Martindale's a very good defensive coordinator. They do a lot of different things. Um, he got fooled by some things. And and I think if there's anything that – if there's a weakness on Justin Herbert, it's his his mind as far as play speed in the, in the play right now. So if you're the Patriots, you're trying to disrupt that and try to get him mistakes like the Ravens did. I think the Patriots have some potential to do that. Nick, if I'm them, I am – I'm giving the Chargers the run in this game, and I am putting as much speed on the field as possible because you watch the Ravens, what they did against the Chargers. The big difference to me watching the Patriots is how fast the Ravens are all over the place. And, yeah. and the Patriots will be better served. Go smaller, go quicker. If they want to try to run, let them run. But you don't want to get 
you don't want to get beaten by speed in this game. And that, that potential is there. The biggest thing to me about this game with the Patriots defense looking against the Chargers offense, we always say, you know, first and second down, you got to win first and second down, make third down tougher. In this game on Sunday, it is that much more critical. Uh, the Chargers, when you look at Justin Herbert, his throws on third and fourth down, he is lit legitimately one of the best quarterbacks in the league on third and fourth down. His he pinpoint. Makes, yeah, I mean, he makes big plays and big moments. You go back to that Cleveland game. Just watch the Cleveland game. And in that entire fourth quarter, he had to make six or seven ridiculous throws on third and fourth downs. And he made pretty much every single one of them. It is going to be critical for the Patriots to put the Chargers in third and six, third and seven, third and eight to give themselves the best chance to get this offense off the field. And the second part of that, Greg, is Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, is the most aggressive coach in the NFL. On fourth down, he's going to go for it. We talk about Belichick and his decisions against Tampa, mm -hmm. his decision against Dallas. That's not Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley against the Ravens went for a fourth and one from his own 19-yard line. This is a guy who's going to say, we're going for it. So if you've got anywhere from the 35 to 50-yard line on the Chargers' side and they got the ball and it's fourth and three or less, I can guarantee you Staley's going for it. So you have to keep these guys to third and seven, third and eight. That way, even if they get four or five yards on the third down, you're looking at a fourth and three or fourth and four, maybe fourth and five. If you allow them to have that third and five or less, you're going to be in big trouble as a, as a defense against this team it's because a, keep it, ranking. They want to put their foot on your throat. It's a great point, Nick, and and this goes along with what my other major point was going to be against the Chargers' offense is, you know, like I said, there were some busts in that game last week, and you know it was just the Jets, so you didn't get exploited. I I assume I know there's been reports. I assume Devin McCourty is going to play on Sunday. Um, he's a warrior. I mean, when does Devin McCourty not play? Yeah. And, but you know, who knows? I mean, but in any event, they're going to have to be more buttered, uh, buttered up. <laughs> 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 Somebody's hungry for lunch. Uh, he, he, they are going to have to be more buttoned up, there you go. uh, in this game. They're going to have to be on point with everything. I mean, if they are going to do late changes and this is what they normally do in big games against good quarterbacks. And that includes the defensive calls coming from Steve Belichick. You know, no more cover one robber in third and 25. Everything has to be on point in this game from the calls to where the guys are. There's been, there's been a little, little bit of lacks on, on, on the part of everybody in terms of that on this defense. And it cannot happen this week or else they're going to be in trouble. This has to look like the Chiefs game from last year when Brian Hoyer pooped his pants defensively, it's got to look like the game against Tampa earlier this year. You're right. They've got to be uh, just alert and Tampa on too. every single possible situation. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get to the Chargers defense because Greg and I, I think we both agree on this. Their defense is not nearly as good as their offense. But before we get to their defense and what the Patriots can do against that D, let's first tell the people about BetUS and some of the lines, Greg, coming up this week. Yeah, listen up, sports bettors. This is Greg Bedard here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Football is going strong. We're in the middle of the season. Playoffs will be here soon. You can get in. You still get in bets on sort of over-unders, you know, wins and losses for the season, who's going to win divisions, who's going to win awards, all that stuff. So make sure you get in on the action. I only endorse one sports book, and that's BetUS.com. 
Why you ask? Because BetUS has been America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including all of, I think, UFCs going on this week for Oh, for yeah. Nick. Big one. Big one. All that stuff is going on. Live betting you can get on there. Like, say the Patriots fall behind in this Chargers game, and you know, yeah. Belichick chest check is he wanted to fall behind in this game. Well, they go in and bet the money line at halftime. You know, when they're down 14, you have faith in your boys. Go in there and bet the money line. You can win big. Uh, Check out the offers over at BetUS.com. You can get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. Make sure you use code BSJ when you sign up for a special bonus. BetUS.com, where the game begins. BSJ up to 200% in bonuses. Again, that code is uh, BSJ. All right, the Chargers defense, Greg, you hate their defense, and one of the biggest issues you have with their defense is that they play nickel. Nick. They (laughs) still play nickel. That's what they do. Like, you even go to Pro Football Focus, and you look at, like, they're sort of their team, and you get, like, their alignment. They don't even give you an option to go to base, you know, in uh, against against tight ends. I mean, really, they're still – primarily a, a nickel defense this is the same if people remember remember the playoff game when they came here and the Patriots ran through them it was because they played nickel the whole time and the Patriots just went big and ran over them uh, I think they could do that sort of thing again um, if I'm the Patriots I'm starting there and then the Chargers do have a tendency to over pursue and you can get some big plays and play action uh, I think that's a recipe for them but I do think the Patriots are going to need to score in this game. I mean, I think if you think that the the Patriots are going to hold Justin Herbert and these speedy, you know, receivers and and tight ends and running backs of the Chargers to six points like the Ravens did uh, last week, I think you're fooling yourself. But I do think I, I I think the Patriots are going to have to get to the to the high twenties in this game. I think they can do it. Um, the the defensive line outside of Bosa is not good. I mean, you know, Covington's a guy I used to like in, in Houston, but, you know, as a backup role type guy, he's a starter here. Linval Joseph, who's a local guy, um, has always been solid. He's not as good as he once was. Tillery is a rookie who a lot of people liked coming out. Um, he is, or excuse me, that was two years ago. Uh, 2019, he was a draft pick. He hasn't developed uh, how everybody thought. They get shoved around in the front. Shut down Bosa, which I'm sure the Patriots do. They're better than than anybody at that. And I think the Patriots should have, you know, a relatively easy time moving the ball. But the offensive line, one thing that I, I was somewhat worried about, Nick, and this goes to what we're talking about right now, uh, my guy, Ted Karras, who has been great so far, all of a sudden in the second half against the Jets, he turned into backup Teddy Karras. Uh-oh. I don't know if the pumpkin like all of a sudden sprouted, but I hope not because uh, this is a game where they could use his toughness and physicality. How dare you besmirch the name of Steady Teddy? Uh, let me give you one name, okay? You ready for this? Write this yep. down, Patriots fans. Damian Harris. Damian Harris. Damian Harris. Damian Harris. Let me, let me give you – you ready for this? Let me give you the Chargers run defensive numbers, okay? Just try to soak this in and enjoy it. Rush yards per attempt in the league, five and a half yards per carry. That's the worst in the NFL. Uh, Rush yards before contact per attempt. So before anybody touches them, 
They're averaging more than two yards a carry before somebody puts a body on a body. That is the worst in the NFL, number 32. Rush yards after contact per attempt, 3.1. That is tied for the 27th worst mark in the league. Explosive run play rate. You know when you saw Damian Harris bust a couple runs against the Jets last weekend, how fun that was, right? You're you're like borderline lactating over it. I was at least. You you look at the explosive run plays allowed. Guess what? 15% is the Chargers numbers. That is 30th in the NFL. And finally, the average depth of tackle, which is very analytical, is over five yards, which is the worst in the NFL. This run defense is the worst run defense in the league, and I don't think it's necessarily close. This run defense has given up, I think, 180 or more rushing yards, and I, I, I believe it's four straight four. games. Four straight games. 180 or more rushing yards in four straight games. This is the NFL, folks. That doesn't happen. They know their run defense is bad. They've been unable to fix it. So uh, unless they found some kind of magic elixir in the past week or so, this run defense is wretched. Run the football with Damian Harris. Run the football with if Stevenson's playing. I don't know if he's in or out of the doghouse. Run the football. Use that off of the, you know, off of the play action as well. You can use play action. Mac has been really good off play action. I, I agree with you, Greg. I think they're going to be able to move the football. One other thing I would also say about this game. And I stole this note from Zach Cox. I haven't met him, but he's from Nesson. Thank you, Zach, for Nesson. this note. Yes. Uh, he brought up last year, part of the reason why the Patriots destroyed the Chargers last year was special teams. Yeah. Um, they had a punt return for a touchdown. They had a 61-yard punt return. It was the Gunnar Olszewski game. They had a blocked field goal turned into a touchdown, and the Chargers missed the field goal. So the Chargers were just god-awful on special teams last year in that game. It hasn't changed. When you look at this year's Chargers team, they're 32nd, worst in the league in special teams, DVOA, which is Greg's guys at Football Outsiders. Yep, They have the worst special teams in football. So if you want to take a high-octane offense like the Chargers and you want to make a game close, there's two things you can do. You can run the football, time of possession, kill them at play action down the seam and down the field. I think that's what the Patriots will do offensively and make some plays on special teams. That'll make up some of that margin. And if the Chargers continue to puke on themselves, special teams-wise, you could see the Patriots make one or two big plays in this game on that side. And all of a sudden now, you're looking at a really close game going towards the tail end. Yeah. Uh, those are all very good points, and and I'm not really going to argue with them. I, I do just want to point out, in somewhat fairness, because, look, the Chiefs, still, the Chiefs ran for – uh 186 on them not a great running team with a crappy offensive line oh the chiefs run game's awful yeah washington ran for 126 on them so what i'm about to say is i'm just trying to be fair to be fair to their run defense they did give up to uh, 230 to the browns 198 to the cowboys and 187 to the ravens those are three of the best running teams in the league so they have had a really if you're looking at run defense toughness of schedule, it'd be by far the the hardest in the league so far. Uh, so, you know, I just wanted to point that out, but I, I, I largely agree with you. I, I agree with you on all those points. And here's the, here's the other thing, Nick, and I don't know how you feel about it. Um, because when you were talking, I was just like, well, you know, if, 
if they do get a special team score and this and that, then the Chargers are just going to open it up. Um, I'm winning this. I'm winning this game on offense before it gets to late in the fourth quarter. I am not relying on the defense getting off the field against Justin Herbert. Like you said, the guy has stones. You might be able to fool them for you know two thirds of the game or what have you. But at some point in time, if it comes down to a final drive, it's pretty much mano a mano. You're not going. You're not getting any you know trick call and trick tripping up a quarterback. So given the history that we have with the Patriots defense this year. They need to win this on offense before Herbert has the ball in his hands with a chance to win the game, or else I think they're going to lose. Yeah. You know, this is a game. It's going to remind you, I think, somewhat of the Cowboys game where you've got to be aggressive. And the Belichick we saw at the end of the game against Tampa, the Belichick we saw at halftime against Dallas, and then in the overtime, that can't happen this week. Like, If you have a chance to keep moving the football, that's what you do you go for it because if you sit around and wait and think that your defense is going to be able to pitch a shutout or give up 14 to 17 points against this offense, especially on the road, I don't think that's a reasonable expectation. You've got to have your foot on the gas. And I think this is one of those games where there's going to be opportunity for Josh McDaniels. If he calls a good game and Mac plays a good game, they will be able to score. It's just whether or not you can hold Herbert long enough before he starts to cook a little bit. With all of that said, game pick currently at BetUS.com. Again, don't forget America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. The Chargers are a minus five. Greg, what do you think? Well, I bet the game on Sunday night. I waited a little bit. I probably missed a half a point, but I got the I got the Patriots at five and a half on Sunday night because I like this matchup for them. Uh, not only do I think the Patriots uh, cover that, uh, you know they're getting they're getting five points. Um, I don't think they're going to need it. I think they're going to win this game outright, and uh, we can look forward to uh, Patriots Palooza next week because the Patriots <laughs> will have won two games in impressive fashion, and then we're off to the races. <sighs> this game's tough for me. I, I think I'm going to take the Chargers on a late cover. I-, I think the game could be tight. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Patriots win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they need a couple of plays. They, they need a couple of plays in this game. They need a couple of shot plays uh, or just at least explosive plays, whether it's in the pass game or run game. I think they need at least two or three big explosive plays, 25-plus yards. They need special teams to play a little bit of a role, and they need their defense to play good, if not really good, the first two and a half, three quarters of this game. If all of those things come together, they can win this game. I just feel like that's – asking maybe a little bit too much. And again, with Herbert, if this is a field goal game late, I can see him go on that touchdown drive or a field goal drive and you lose by six. So I'm going to go with uh, the Chargers laying the points five, but uh, I I could see the Pats win this game. It's not a confident laying the points. The BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day over at BSJ, $39.99 on their annual plan. Uh, You get all the top-notch analysis of all the Boston Pro Sports, including... Uh, the Bruins getting shellacked last night by Florida. Uh, the Celtics getting beat by the Wizards. Marcus Smart, literally one of the worst players in the NBA so far. That's not good. Uh, but you really want to check out the Patriots stuff with Greg. And, of course, the membership gets you a ton of video analysis, the coach's film, and direct access to him in weekly chats. Greg, what do you have for a question today? 
Uh, so this is from Steve H and I'm just going through the comments on my, uh, Bedard's breakdown, which, uh, you know, many of the members just loved because I didn't, uh, say that the Patriots have arrived and, uh, but you know, he, he says, you know, do after this game. And I said that Uche had some issues in the running game, uh, when he got time, which is why he hasn't been playing. Do I still want to free Uche or not? My answer is yes. My answer is Considering the lack of athleticism in the front seven on this team, I am doing what Bill Belichick and the defensive coaches are famous for. I am looking, what does Josh Uche do? And I'm going to build around that. Like, you know, if he's not great on the edge against tackles, so what? Put him in the middle. Like, again, I say this every week, Nick, I think. What what does Kyle Van Noy do that Josh Uche can't do and faster? And more athletic, more athletically, and more explosive. I don't look. I understand Kyle Vannoy is a very smart player, and he probably does a lot of subtle things. And I'm sure Bill Belichick will be asked about it next week, and I'll have this great question, and I'll get a see Bernard, you're an idiot. See what he does. <laughs> and and but like Josh Uche is a smart guy. He went to Michigan. Trust me, I've talked to him. He is a very smart guy. Teach him. Somebody should be getting him up to speed. So at least in the second half of the season, they say, you know what, Kyle? Sit down. You're the situational guy. Uche's the every down guy so that we get some impact in the front seven. Because right now, and it might look even worse this week, they are slow as hell on this defense. And the, the more I watch other teams in the league and watching the Chargers and watching the Ravens and watching the Cowboys and all this stuff, they are slow. And I think I heard Felger and Maz reading some sort of ESPN.com thing where they where they measured the actual measurement of the speed of the team compared to others in the league and the Patriots were like 30th in the league Ugh. across the board. Yeah. I mean that that shows up on film. They're slow and more speed. More speed, more plays, more forced fumbles, all those things that Nick loves to look at, you know, you know, forced fumbles is a stat about speed and impact and right now they don't really get those. So, uh more speed, more Uche We'll see what happens on Sunday if Uche plays more at the Chargers. Late kickoff, of course, because of the West Coast. We'll watch it. We'll figure out how we feel about it. Then we'll talk about it early next week. He's Greg. I'm Nick. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Be healthy. Be good. BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. A special thanks to those peeps over there at BetUS.com. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavett.